0: Welcome to Monday Morning Murder in the News with Alyssa Carroll. Good morning, heathens, and happy Murder in the News Monday. We are gathered here today because the rest of the regular news is just hot, scary garbage. And, you know, you'd rather be hearing me and my bullshit anyway. I collect news articles, along with articles sent to me by you, my beloveds, and others. So thank you so much for submitting. Now, unlike my regular podcast that I write out in its entirety before I record, you're welcome, this is unscripted. And I don't read the articles past the headlines so that you and I can react together. So let's get into it. So our first article comes from NBCNews.com. And the title reads, Los Angeles man accused of killing wife and her parents putting body parts in the trash. I think we may have... Touched on this one before. Samuel Haskell, 35, was charged with three counts of murder and could face life in prison without the chance of parole if convicted. Coming out of Los Angeles, a Los Angeles man was charged Monday with murder for allegedly killing his wife and her parents, then stuffing dismembered body parts into a trash bag, prosecutors announced Monday. So I guess they have found the parents. Samuel Haskell, 35, was charged with three counts of murder with special circumstances of committing multiple murders and could face life in prison without the chance of parole if convicted, the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office said in a statement. During a court appearance, Haskell's arraignment was postponed and he was ordered held without bail. An email-seeking comment from Joseph Gutierrez, an attorney who represented him in court Monday, was not immediately returned. Haskell lived in the Tarzana neighborhood of the San Fernando Valley with his wife, their three young children, and her parents. He was arrested last week after a human torso was found in a bag in a dumpster, police said. May Lee Haskell, 37, and her parents... 72 and 64 years old were last seen on or about November 6th, the DA's office said in a statement. Quote On November 7th, Haskell allegedly hired four day laborers to take away several heavy black plastic trash bags from his home in Tarzana, the statement said. One of the laborers opened one of the bags and allegedly observed human body parts. They called 911 and reported the incident. End quote. They returned the bags and money, but the bags weren't there when police arrived, authorities have said. The same day, Haskell was caught on video dumping something in a dumpster in nearby Encino. He was arrested the next day after someone rummaging through trash in that dumpster found a woman's torso in a trash bag and called 911. The torso is suspected to be that of Haskell's wife, police have said. However, they haven't been officially identified. the Los Angeles County Medical Examiner's Department told KNBC TV. quote "We suspect that the torso is the body of May Haskell. Deputy District Attorney Beth Silverman said Monday. quote "No other bags containing body parts or remains have been recovered to date, but I don't need a body to charge a murder end quote oh, I guess they haven't found her parents." There were items of evidence in the house that indicated he dismembered their bodies, Silverman said. And that's the end of that article. So I guess they haven't found her parents' remains yet. Oh, okay. So let's hope that they do just for closure, you know. All right, so our next article comes from KTUL.com, News Channel 8, Tulsa, ABC. The title reads, Daughter of BTK Serial Killer Resigns from Task Force. Coming out of Tulsa, Carrie Rawson, daughter of the BTK Killer, recently announced she resigned from the BTK National Task Force. On Wednesday, November 15th, Rawson shared this update on the social media platform X, formerly known as Twitter. Her full statement said, quote, Dear Media law enforcement, criminal justice partners, and the public. Effective as of 11 I resigned from the BTK National Task Force. I wish them the best in their endeavors. I continue to serve as a protected witness as needed with active law enforcement. I have no further comment at this time and ask that my privacy be respected. I will not be conducting interviews at this time." And it says, Rawson became a member of the task force when it was first formed in September. So that's the end of that article. But I'm curious as to why she would resign from that. You know, she was getting quite a bit of media attention for all of that. But, you know, I kind of have my opinions about her. I'm sure she's an absolutely lovely person, but there, you know, things get passed down. I'm, I'm not saying she's hurt anyone. Of course she hasn't. But I'd be curious to find out exactly why she needed to resign. I mean, I hope somebody's not threatening her family or anything. Okay, so this next article was actually sent to me by someone and it's Thanksgiving themed. So this goes with your Thanksgiving. Coming from CNN.com. Title reads, man admits murdering four relatives on Thanksgiving gets life in prison. A Florida man looking at you Florida, pleaded guilty Thursday to murdering four relatives on Thanksgiving Day in 2009, avoiding a possible death sentence after reaching a plea deal with prosecutors. After hearing from relatives of the victims, Palm Beach County Circuit Judge Joseph Marks sentenced Paul Merig, Merhig to seven life terms. As part of the agreement, the defendant agreed to waive any rights of appeal. Quote, "you'll never see the light of day," marks told the 37-year-old uh Paul, because i can't say his last name on thursday in front of a packed west palm beach courtroom. Having shaved his head and tried to disguise his 2007 blue toyota camry with a car cover and switching its license plates, Paul was arrested in january 2010 at a florida keys motel after an america's most wanted viewer recognized him, you go. He was on a computer when U.S. Marshals burst into his second floor room at the Edgewater Lodge where he had checked in under the name John Baca, according to authorities. Paul was then charged with four counts of premeditated murder and three counts attempted first-degree murder in the Thanksgiving night shooting deaths of his twin sisters, a six-year-old cousin, and a 79-year-old aunt at a family home in Jupiter, Florida. One of the victims, Lisa Knight, 33, who was one of Paul's sisters, was pregnant. Her husband, Patrick, was one of two other family members who survived after being wounded in the shooting rampage. Family members suggested in interviews that Paul had ongoing resentment for some of his relatives, Jupiter Police spokeswoman Sally Collins Ortiz said shortly after the shootings. Patrick Knight, who was shot in the stomach, was among the family members who told the judge Thursday that he approved the plea deal. He explained that he wanted to, quote, pick up the pieces and did not want to endure 20 years of appeals but Jim Sitton, whose six-year-old daughter, Michaela, was among those gunned down, objected to the agreement as he wanted Paul to go on trial and potentially face the death penalty. He urged the judge to delay the sentencing so he could, quote, prepare a proper presentation with an attorney to detail his argument. Near the end of his statement Thursday, the judge sternly told Sitton, then carrying a large picture of his daughter, to stop after he knelt down. Quote, this plea decision is far too important to rush through without any time for us, for all of us to think," said Sitton, accusing the state of trying to push the deal through. We've been waiting patiently for almost two years for this case to come to trial. Justice is what is at stake here. The start of Paul's trial had been set for January. His public defenders had filed court documents expressing their intent to defend him using an insanity defense, because isn't that what they do? After Thursday's court proceeding, State Attorney Michael McAuliffe released a statement in which he said that, quote, after careful evaluation and consideration, he decided to accept Paul's plea, having determined it is quote, an appropriate resolution to the case. Noting the disparate opinions among the victim's family members and about the death penalty generally, McAuliffe said he felt it sufficient that Paul will have no hope of having favorable rulings by a court and will have no ability to affect the lives of those he harmed. I believe that seven consecutive life sentences recognize the heinous nature of the crimes and adequately punish the defendant, he said. That is the end of that article. So Thanksgiving Day Murders. Our next article comes from People.com and the title reads, Five-Year-Old Boy Dead After Being Stabbed With Kitchen Knife by Twin Brother. Quote, we are heartbroken for the family of these two young children and share in their grief, shared the Santa Cruz County Sheriff's Office in a statement. Is this Santa Cruz, California? Yep. A five-year-old boy in California is accused of stabbing his twin brother to death. Deputies from the Santa Cruz County Sheriff's Office responded to a call of a stabbing at the 200 block of Tucker Road in Scotts Valley, California, on Wednesday, just before 4 p.m., the sheriff's office said in a statement Thursday. Upon their arrival, the officers learned that the brothers had been fighting and that one of them stabbed a small kitchen knife. No, one of them grabbed a small kitchen knife, my apologies, and stabbed his twin brother during the encounter. The five year old received life saving efforts from deputies and first responders, but he was later taken to a hospital where he died. The sheriff's office said that an investigation showed that, quote, there is no indication of negligence or criminal activity by any other party, end quote. In coordination with the district attorney's office and in light of all circumstances discovered by the investigators, no charges will be filed against anyone involved. California law dictates that age, criminal intent, and knowledge of wrongfulness are factors needed to charge a child with a crime. Their statement explained. California's Penal Code Section 26 lists the cases in which individuals are not capable of committing crimes. One of those is children under the age of 14 in the absence of clear proof that at the time of committing the act charged against them, they knew its wrongfulness. Under California Welfare and Institutions Code 602, Any minor who was under 12 years of age when they are alleged to have committed offenses that include murder is within the jurisdiction of the juvenile court. The Santa Cruz County Sheriff's Office confirmed to people that no additional information would be released at this time and shared in a statement on the release that they are heartbroken for the family of these two young children and share in their grief. Their release also asked for the family to be given privacy during this difficult time. And that's the end of that article. So I kind of have questions, right? So I'm, I, you know, five years old. Why is a five-year-old stabbing another five-year-old? It is kind of curious to me why a five-year-old would even sort of understand that. Is the child left to be watching things that are inappropriate for a five-year-old to watch? I don't know. It's super sad. But yeah, you know, you kind of get into that. What can you do to a five-year-old who has stabbed their twin to death? You know, I would definitely have that child in some serious therapy and have them monitored because that's pretty violent for such a young child. But anyway, moving on. Our next article comes from 25newsnow.com, 25 News Your Home Team. And the title reads, Police Say gave 33-year-old boyfriend five hours to kill his mother but ended up doing it herself. From Toledo, Ohio. A judge determined that the 17-year-old teen suspect in the death of Nicole Jones will be certified as an adult in this case with gruesome details of the alleged crime being revealed for the first time Friday. Caitlin Coons is charged with aggravated murder, murder, Tampering with evidence and abuse of a corpse. Nice. In court, the prosecutor said Canton police contacted Sylvania Township Police in May to check the safety of Nicole Jones. They told police a 17 year old foster child in the custody of Stark County Children's Services who was living at a group home was missing. They said the teen allegedly sent a text message to a group home nurse saying she killed two people and she was on the run. Coons allegedly left Canton and was picked up by a restaurant by or picked up at a restaurant by Jonathan Jones, the son of Nicole Jones. They drove back to his house where he lives with his mother, and the teen crawling into Jonathan Jones' bedroom window so his mother wouldn't know. The prosecutor says the teen gave Jonathan Jones an ultimatum to take care of his mother because she was interfering in their relationship. 17 and how old is the guy? 33? Okay. Yep. All right. He had five hours to kill his mother. After the five hours passed and he didn't do it, she allegedly gave him another hour. Sylvania Township Detective Jake Albright testified that Coons killed Nicole Jones, who was 53 years old, herself. When the mother was in the kitchen looking in the refrigerator, the teen allegedly strangled her and bludgeoned her with a rock. He said Jonathan Jones was allegedly in the living room. The detective testified they drove to two local stores and bought a tarp and trash bags to wrap the body and clean the kitchen. They allegedly drove to a nearby apartment complex and dumped the body in a dumpster. Police do not believe the body will ever be recovered. Ooh. The two suspects then fled to Mexico where they were eventually arrested. The detective said the teen gave detailed statements and admitted to killing Nicole Jones during an interview with FBI agents. The prosecutor said GPS devices tracked Jonathan Jones to the stores and the dumpster where the body was placed. The teen's attorney countered in court that the teen is a victim of Jonathan Jones who was not supposed to have any contact with her. She added that investigators don't know who sent the text message. First and foremost, 17 years old, she knew what she was doing. She killed that woman. She wanted her out of the way. She was raised in in uh, or she was in a, a children's home or she was under, you know, uh, Department of Family Services supervision or something. So that that is an indication that her regular home life was clearly unacceptable. She got put into a children's home. She's dating a 33-year-old man and she demands that he murder his mother. It sounds like to me that not only is she quite mentally ill and dangerous, but also that she wanted the mother out of the way so that she could have the home with the man, Jonathan. Um, The problem is, is that even though she's 17, she's still a minor and he's 33, that's disgusting. And he should definitely um, incur some consequences for being with a teenage girl. That's aside from the fact that his teenage lover murdered his mother because in my opinion, she wanted the house you know she wanted to take over but regardless that's horrible so our next article comes from the new york Post.com and the title reads south carolina teacher arrested for having sex with student in pizza hut parking lot quote ruined our son's life So a South Carolina private Christian school teacher and mother of two was arrested Wednesday for pressuring a teenage student into having sex and sending him naked pictures, police said. Reagan Anderson, 27, is facing two counts of sexual battery with a child 17 years of age, according to an arrest warrant obtained by WCSC. Quote. A trusted coach, teacher, and friend that abused our trust and violated her oath as an educator. She has ruined our son's life. The victim's mother blasted Anderson during her Thursday court hearing. Quote, he should be 100% focused on being a fun-loving football-playing young man, but this predator has robbed him of that ability. No young quarterback or athlete is safe in our community if this woman is free. End quote. The Holy, no, the Holly Hill Academy teacher allegedly began abusing the 17-year-old in October. The first assault reportedly took place in a private residence in Holly Hill, a small town 50 miles north of Charleston, followed by a second in the parking lot of a pizza hut in the nearby town of Santee. The parking lot of a pizza hut. How romantic. I'm looking at a picture of her and she's, you know, beautiful. She's a very pretty young woman. Anderson also allegedly sent the teen nude photos on Snapchat, his mother alleged. Rumors of the inappropriate relationship quickly swirled at Holly Hills Academy, a private Christian prep school that runs pre-K through 12th grade. Administrators contacted police on November 8th. Quote, Holly Hill Academy was made aware last week of allegations regarding an inappropriate relationship between a staff member and upper school student. The administration immediately contacted law enforcement and continues to work cooperatively with them as they investigate the allegations. Head of school, Brandy Molinax wrote in a letter sent to the parents, Anderson was swiftly fired from her teaching position. On her LinkedIn page, the alleged pervert described herself as, quote, very passionate about children, end quote. Oh, apparently, quote, I am currently a stay-at-home mom looking for some at-home opportunities to help support my family and I. her, bu- Girl, no one's going to hire you at home. Op- no one's going to hire you. Are you trying to be a nanny or something? A judge set Anderson's bond at $2,500 and ordered her to wear a GPS monitor. She was also banned from having contact with the boy she allegedly sexually abused and his family. Well, no shit. That's the end of that article. You know, and here's another one of those. I've had a lot of you actually ask me to kind of cover this and maybe I'll make a section about this, but these women who are predators to these teenage boys in high school and what I do not understand Is that there are a lot of camps that don't take these as seriously as, say, a male teacher, uh, sexually assaulting a female student, right? Because these cases with the women are just as vile and just as important. Because is it because that the teenage the teenager is a boy? Just because it's a teenage boy, there's like this reputation where boys are supposed to like, that's bragging rights, right? Oh, you fucked your teacher. Oh my gosh. But if it's a girl, it's something completely different. And, and that's some of that gender crap that I don't have any patience for because men can be victimized just as easily and as often as women. I'm big on the men too hashtag men to movement because not all men. All right. Not all of them. But anyway, so yeah, I hope this teacher gets all the consequences she deserves. So our next news article comes from NBCnews.com, and the title reads, Two people charged with murder after missing four-year-old Kentucky girl's body believed to be found, authorities say. Brittany Slaughter, 24, and Adam Hayes, 34, are also charged with abuse of a corpse and tampering with physical evidence, according to the Whitley County Sheriff's Department. Two people in Kentucky have been arrested in connection with an alleged murder after authorities said they believed they found the body of a four-year-old girl who was reported missing this week but has not been seen since September. A body believed to be Chloe Darnell was discovered and sent to the medical examiner's office in Frankfurt for an autopsy and positive identification according to a Friday statement from the Whitley County Sheriff Department's Facebook page. In addition to murder, Brittany Slaughter, 24, and Adam Hayes, 34, both of Williamsburg, Kentucky, are charged with abuse of a corpse and tampering with physical evidence, according to the Sheriff's Department. Slaughter had custody of Chloe, the Sheriff's Department said. In a verified GoFundMe page for Chloe, her last name is spelled differently than how it was spelled by the sheriff's department. That's interesting. Chloe was a bright, happy child who was met with an unhappy ending, according to the GoFundMe account, which was organized by a family member. Slaughter is Chloe's aunt, according to the fundraiser. Relatives and friends of the child became suspicious because they were unable to see or talk to the girl for the past month, the GoFundMe said. Chloe had seven siblings, according to the fundraiser. In other updates on the investigation, the Sheriff's Department said on Wednesday it was looking for a red Mitsubishi Lancer that Slaughter was reportedly driving prior to her and Chloe's disappearance. The two were reported missing, according to the Sheriff's Department, which added, quote, initial reports indicate Chloe has not been seen since late September of this year. On Thursday, the Sheriff's Department said it found the vehicle it was looking for. That same day, slaughter was found unharmed, according to the Sheriff's Department. No one with the Sheriff's Department could be immediately reached Saturday for comment. Abuse of a corpse, huh? Well, it's a child, so they need to be punished to the fullest extent of the law. I mean, per, right? So our next article comes from Fox10Phoenix.com. And by the way, you guys are under a wind advisory until uh, 7 p.m. Monday evening. Mountain Standard Time. The title reads, Carlton mother accused of stabbing husband, driving car with kids into pond. From Carrollton, Texas. Police said a Carrollton mother is accused of stabbing her husband Friday morning and then driving her car into a pond with her kids inside. Susan Smith much? Carlton police were called to a home on Tall Knight Lane just before 8 a.m. by a man claiming he had been stabbed by his wife. He was taken to the hospital where he is expected to survive. People who live in the neighborhood said they are shocked and saddened that this happened to their usually quiet street. Neighbors said they heard a lot of yelling and screaming before the stabbing happened. Minutes after police responded to the stabbing, Louisville police officers were called to a vehicle that had been driven into a retention pond off of Hebron Parkway, Hebron Parkway. Inside the vehicle, police found a woman later confirmed to be the wife of the stabbed man and three children ages 8, 9, and 12. Louisville police and firefighters were able to pull a woman and two of the children from the vehicle. A third child was able to free themselves. One child was resuscitated at the scene by a Louisville police officer. Another was revived on the way to the hospital by Louisville paramedics. All four were taken to the hospital where one child is in critical condition and the other two children are stable according to police. People who saw the rescue say they are thankful the children survived. Well, my God, wouldn't we all be? Quote, oh, my heart sank. I have children. I have grandchildren. So I'm very sensitive to that, said a lady who lived nearby. Deep tire tracks are still visible, showing the vehicle's path into the pond. And there is a picture here, and it, she drove like through the mud. Quote, she had to be going really fast. She had to be going more than 20 to 30 miles per hour. Those are pretty deep. What kind of toll is that going to take on the long run? How long they were under? End quote. It's unclear what led to this. Police are continuing their investigation to try and find out. Carrollton police identified the suspect as Wei Fen Ong she is charged with one count of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon resulting in serious bodily injury and three counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon Ong is currently in custody at the carlton police department and will be transferred to denton county detention so she wanted to kill her husband and then drown herself and her children if they try to say this is some kind of postpartum psychosis i'm gonna lose it No, I don't want Rocky Mountain PBS to know my location. So our next article comes from pbs.org. This will be our last article. And the title reads, three Las Vegas high schoolers facing murder charges in their classmates' death appear in court. So coming out of Vegas. I thought information wasn't supposed to come out of Vegas. Isn't that the joke? Three of the eight Las Vegas high school students who are facing murder charges in the fatal beating of their classmate made their first appearances Friday in the adult court system. A judge ordered the 16-year-old and two 17-year-olds to be held without bail pending their next court date on Tuesday, at which time another judge may reconsider granting bail if the teen's lawyers request it, the Las Vegas Review Journal reported. A fourth student, 16, is set to make his first court appearance later Friday. The other four suspects are awaiting separate hearings since they are all under the age of 16. Good God. The students each face one count of murder but have not been formally charged, court records show. The Associated Press is not naming them because they are juveniles. Earlier this week, Las Vegas police announced the arrests of eight students between the ages of 13 and 17 in connection with the November 1st brawl that left 17-year-old Jonathan Lewis Jr. dead. Authorities have said students at Rancho High School in eastern Las Vegas had agreed to meet after school let out that day in an alleyway around the corner from campus to fight over a pair of wireless headphones and a vape pen. Are you kidding me? a pair of wireless headphones and a vape pen what the fight was captured on cell phone video and widely shared across social media Las Vegas police said they are still working to identify and locate two more students seen in the footage taking part in the beating homicide Lieutenant Jason Johansson said the two remaining students will also face murder charges in Nevada Teenagers 16 or older accused of murder are automatically transferred to the adult court system. That's why a family court judge on Wednesday transferred the cases of the four students. Police records show that one of them turned 16 on the day of the fight. As for the other four students who are under 16, hearings known as certification proceedings will be held at later dates to determine if they will be charged as adults. By law in Nevada, a teenager accused of murder can be charged as an adult if they were 13 or older at the time of the alleged crime. Police said they believe a pair of wireless headphones and a vape pen had been stolen from the victim's friend earlier in the week, which resulted in the students agreeing to meet in the alleyway to fight. Oh my, this is so stupid. Detectives think the victim wasn't originally supposed to be involved in the brawl, but he walked into the alleyway with his friend after school. The victim's father, Jonathan Lewis Sr., said on a fundraising page created to help with funeral and medical costs that his son was attacked while standing up for his friend. Johansson said the video of the brawl shows the victim taking off his shirt to prepare for the fight, and then the 10 students, quote, immediately swarm him, pull him to the ground, and begin kicking, punching, and stomping him, end quote. He called the video very void of humanity and said the victim was not defending himself as he was being attacked. After the brawl, a person in the area found the victim badly beaten and unconscious and carried him back to campus where school staff called 911. A person in the area found the victim badly beaten and carried him. Lewis Jr. was hospitalized with severe head trauma and other injuries and died a week later, according to the coroner's office in Las Vegas. And that is all I have for you for Monday Morning Murder in the News. The weekend, as always, has gone by entirely too fast. I want you all to be kind to customer service workers and anyone else during this very difficult time of the year for people who work in the customer service industry from varying degrees and whatever. Just remember that they are people. They have families they want to be with. They're trying to help you, but people are being rude. So be that one nice person, you know? I go out of my way when I go places and I'm paying to make sure that I'm nice, you know? If they're talking to someone else, I don't interrupt. I don't get butt hurt and this and that and the other. Like, just smile, be kind, okay? These people are taking the hit for the rest of us so that we can shop. I'm not shopping, but like, thank you to my Amazon driver. That's all I have to say. So we're gonna get through this. Um, if you're visiting family and that's what you want, and that's a positive experience, then happy Thanksgiving and you enjoy your family hugs and kisses and all of that. And if you are not celebrating Thanksgiving for whatever reason, then have a fantastic week and behave yourselves. And I will talk to you next time. Love you guys. Bye.